Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And we thought we'd do a bit of a fun one today as we lead up into party season with the Christmas office parties and all of those things that will be happening. We're looking at the rules of partying. Jane. <laughs> Thou shall not get drunk, photocopy their bum on the on to put their bum on the photocopier or pash the boss. <laughs> it needs to be said because it happens all the time. It does. Look, so much damage is done at the office party. And so we do need to talk about that. Or how much damage is done of the spouse of somebody at the office party. So we'll touch on that as well. But this this can actually extend out to to just socialising as well, friendships and socialising, and maybe some of the rules there about what's appropriate and what's not, because everyone does have different boundary lines as to what's acceptable and what's not, whether it's with flirting with other people, if if they're taken or not taken. There's rules there too. There's a lot, yeah. And, you know, alcohol excuses a lot of things, which if you're sober you couldn't get away with, but suddenly you all sort of think, oh, it's Christmas and we're drunk, we can, you know, but then of course you're back in the grey area, back in January when you're back at your desk completely sober thinking about it. <laughs> okay, so here's my first rule, which which most people are not going to like at all. What? Thou shall not consume more than two drinks. Yeah. That really is it. You yeah. know, getting smashed is not fun. It's not conducive to building relationships with people that you would not normally be building relationships with. Now, the time, if you wish to let off steam and and get tipsy or get smashed, whatever you're, if, if that is what you choose to do, and this is what we see in abundance of through the festive season, then you've got to choose your arena. And yeah. you've got to do it when you're with people that you're safe to be freer in your behavior. Because some people definitely will be in workplaces where they're a small family team, there's five of them, they love each other, they go out and get smashed every Friday anyway. So we're not talking about you. No. <laughs> we're no. talking about, like I'm picturing the young girl who maybe only got employed in September or October. She's only been there for a few months. It's, it's a huge corporation. There's going to be lots of people in a big room. Maybe she needs to be a bit careful. Yes. That kind of thing. I think that what you need to do in this scenario is actually keep your work uh, persona on. The whole time, it's this isn't really the time for you to be showing your true self, who you really are socially outside of of your work arena. So you know, I'll often put my gloves on or my hat on or my coat on. Of what energy am I going into? I'm going into the corporate world now, or I'm going into coaching realm now, or I'm going into mummy mode now. I'm going into playful friends mode. You know, so keep your work energy about you so that you keep your professionalism about you. I mean, you don't want to be the uptight stiff who can't relax. Well, that's the other line. thing too. You don't want to be the office squeal either, the one that's running off to the boss saying, you should have seen so-and-so at the party last night. Oh, my God, she did this or he did that or, you know, like, mm, yeah, ho-hum. I think that, you know, when you do, when you work, who doesn't work? Who doesn't have a job where during most of your working days, you may keep a lid on stuff that's bothering you. If you're if you're a personality like Jane, you might not. <laughs> you might just say it to their face straight away the minute it comes up, which is great. But let's just say there's somebody who I'm not that hard to no, work with. Not I'm not that, that scary. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is some people are very, very open. Some people Let's say there's um, a guy that comes in once a week to fix computers and he really bothers you, but you haven't said anything to anyone yet. Or let's say um, there's been something you've been meaning to talk to the boss about for three weeks, but the boss just hasn't been there. Finally, it's the Christmas party. Everyone's in the same room. You've got a bit of Dutch courage because you've gone and had three champagnes and now you decide it's time to talk about all these problems that you've had. 
No, no, no. That is the number one social thing that should not happen. In fact, actually, I even find that interesting in my own events. So I'm hosting an event. I've got, you know, 150, 200 people all lining up at the door. I've got my team that are all registering them and getting them in and getting first, you know, um, nibbles or drinks or tables or whatever it is that's happening. And up walks this one person who says, oh, Jane, I need to talk to you. Um, about a dinner I had three months ago and actually I was really need some advice on. This isn't the time. It's not the place. It's just not the time or the place. And yet that will happen dozens of times in one event because people don't energetically understand what is appropriate and what's not. So that's what we want to talk about here is really using some empathy. It might be your opportunity to speak to somebody that you find difficult to get to but what would be much more appropriate would be for you to be emailing that person and saying, hey, at some point when you're free in the next few weeks, could I just have 10 minutes of your time to talk to you about something? It's not at the office party. Do it properly. Honestly, do it properly. Yeah, I agree. There's something about different energetic spaces that, that require different rules. And there's a lot of people who are absolute socially inept bulldozers who just plough through everywhere. Like, you hear these awful stories as well, like people who make these glaring comments, you know, like, you know, at a funeral or somebody's just been through a trauma and, you know, big foot in the mouth, a cousin rocks up and just says the thing that shouldn't be said at the dinner where somebody's just been divorced or like whatever it is, yeah. you know. And I and look, we can't all be the watchdog police about it, but you can look after yourself. You can't worry too much about other yes. people, but you can control yes. yourself. So one of the other rules that I have applied to me is that I actually don't try to monopolize somebody's time because I think we've all been in a situation where you're stuck with should I be cruel and say the boring person that you can't get away from and Big you're time. looking to be rescued? Somebody please oh, come and rescue I've me. Get me away from that. It's always at a wedding. We have to sit at the same table for eight hours with the same five people and it's just boring as batshit. Like. Okay. So, that, well, okay, well, in that scenario, it's you eat your course. Now, normally there are banquets, so there's going to be several courses being served. So you've had your appetizers or your entrees. As you finish that course, you excuse yourself and just, I'm just going to go and meet some of the other guests. And up you go and you just go and introduce yourself to another table and have a bit of a chat. Now, here's what you don't do. You don't then go, oh, this is a more fun table. I'm going to hang here for the rest of the night. Now, they're stuck with you and they've got to try and move again. Now, they might want you to be with them. But if you're not great at reading body language, if you're not great at, at really being discerning here, the best rule is to just not monopolize anybody's time. So 10 minutes, a 10-minute conversation is beautiful. And then just say, you know, I've really enjoyed chatting with you. Will you excuse me now? I'm really looking forward to meeting a lot of people tonight mm. or chatting with a wide range of people tonight. And you just smile and off you go. Or you can just have enjoyed chatting with you. I'm off to the bathrooms now or I'm going to go and get myself another drink or I'm going to go and visit the buffet bar or whatever. This, this is a hard one because I am guilty of this. If I've been to a party where I don't know anyone or I'm bored and I find the one person that's interesting i'll latch onto them and stay with them in the corner all night now i know that that would look bad well hopefully they like you just as much otherwise poor them well yeah <laughs> no yeah like, I'm like, you're energetically very capable of reading that That's it's a Jane. two-way street that you're both thoroughly enjoying each other's I, company I've sat on there's a nothing wrong with that with a girlfriend and we've just chatted for like four hours while the rest of the party just did its thing and there's nothing wrong with that i do exactly the same as well this is for people that are not good at energetically reading things or that want to grab the opportunity to meet the maximum number of people because the social season mm. is a fantastic time for you to be expanding your networking. Are you networking your business? Yeah. Are you networking your career? Are you networking friendships? Are you single? Are you wanting to meet someone? Are you and your partner? You're in a relationship, but you're hoping to meet and expand and, and make other new couples that are friends. 
I'm not talking about key swapping parties either. And- <laughs> That's another podcast show. <laughs> so there's a, there's a rules that apply. So don't monopolize anyone's time. Have your exit line ready before you go into any given new situation. How am I going to escape this if I want to? Or how am I going to um, if we get into a great DNM, a great deep, meaningful conversation, how am I going to end this graciously and be able to move on? So I do get to meet the maximum number of people or chat with the maximum number of people. Have your exit line ready, such as, you know, this has been fabulous. I could talk about with you about this topic forever. We'll have to make a time to catch up and do that because tonight I promised myself I'm going to try and chat with as many people as possible. So I loved your company. Have a great evening and off you go. All right, Joan, so what happens when you accidentally do have a few too many champagnes and whoop, I've tripped over and fallen on somebody's penis? <laughs> that was an accident and it's now Tuesday morning or it's the week after Christmas and we're back at work and we are red in the face and we can't even look up from our desk and we are dying in case, A, everyone in the office finds out, maybe they already know, B, facing the boss or C, facing that person. Okay, well, since we're talking about the future, I'm going to backpedal a bit here. So as you've fallen off the penis and you've now had a great one-night stand, you don't wait until Tuesday when you're back in the office. Okay, so hopefully you have got their contact details. This is damage control now. (laughs) Yeah, it is. So you're actually going to ring them up and you're going to say, you know, wow, didn't see that coming, which is your truth. Had a great time, which is your truth. Not sure what's happening from here. Feeling awkward is your truth. And they're going to be breathing a sigh of relief thinking, oh, my God, I'm feeling all these things too. (laughs) And just say, now, how do you want to handle this at the office on Tuesday? That's really good, Jane. Thank you. you, Can you do it in an email? Does it have to be on face-to-face on the phone? I think, you know, if you were an adult enough to slip onto the penis, you can be an adult enough to pick the phone up. But, yes, look, you can hide. Beck squirming. I'm squirming. Facebook all the way. <laughs> Facebook, Facebook it. Okay, look, I am a huge fan of of clear energetic exchange, two-way exchange, pick the phone up. How many adults if you are really, really capable of that though, Jane? You would see a lot of, Oh, know, they're not. Everybody, well, it, everybody's capable of it, but it's the fear that stops them. So because we've got these other mediums now, we've got text messages, we've got um Voice record, you know, recorded messages Things that to hide behind. you can think, oh, look, I'll ring them at 10 at night because I know they turn their phone off at nine, so I'll get the voicemail. Or we can be emailing, so we can hide behind it. So, you know what, if you really are quite traumatized by this, then send the email, send the Facebook message, send the text message. But in that, I think you should start with along the li- something along the lines of, would love to talk to you before we go to work on Tuesday. Yeah. And then just say your truth, which was, you know, didn't see that coming. That was unexpected. How random. Had a great time. Would love to have a chat with you about how to handle this at the office on Tuesday. So let's do a different damage control system mm-hmm. situation. So you've gone in, you've made a fool of yourself. Maybe you've said something completely inappropriate. Yeah, you've got smashed on- and you told the boss that his wife's ugly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you actually leaked something you shouldn't have leaked, like one department ah, told you something yes. and you told someone else. Or, you know, maybe, look, something's happened, you're very red-faced about it and you know that you need to probably go in and apologise to mm-hmm. said person mm-hmm. or boss or just something to explain your behaviour. What are the steps there, Jane, the etiquette or the appropriate things to do? Okay, so the first thing that I would do is write your true apology down in a beautiful card. All right, because we don't want it to be just words that are forgotten very quickly. We want something that's lasting. Now, there's likely to be an energetic sting from the other person. They're not going to be in a good place to want to receive you. So rather than just have that 
two minutes or five minutes, however long airtime you're given to make your apology. If you can give them a card that's beautifully written, it's actually longer lasting. So it gives them time to process what you've said. And then they can actually reread that card and they probably will reread it several times to energetically see, are you genuine? Mm -hmm. Now you've got to be genuine. You have to show remorse. You've got to show ownership of your behavior and you need to give a clear, uh, a clear reassurance that you've learned your lesson and that it won't be something that's occurring again because you're now the person that can't be trusted. This goes into the territory as well, which obviously a lot of people in newspapers have talked about the last few years where, you know, if you're Facebook friends with your boss, well, first of all, it's to do or not to do, to Facebook friend the boss. And then if you are, because again, if we go back to young girls, she started at the corporation in September, October, maybe she wants to make a good impression. Maybe she's been, you know, doing everything to come off as professional and, you know, conscientious as possible. She's she's made a little um, polite circle of friends with Facebook and, and maybe outside of ours, maybe she's been out for a few casual drinks, you know, just to warm up to the staff. All of a sudden, after the big, ugly, messy Christmas party, other people are posting or tagging photos of her in all sorts of the party she went to after the party she went to and it's all ugly and messy and now the boss is seen. This is the same situation, Jane, with the apology on Monday. What do we do there? Okay, look, I don't think that you have to apologise for your behaviour outside of any work arena. That is, work. You know, this is old business. This is 1980s corporate shit, which I am, as a, you a know, veteran of. very well, yeah, absolutely, but I'm very much against it and we see far too much of this. Because somebody is an, is employ, is an employer, they don't own you. They do not own you. Now, if your Facebook account is used with your clients, that's a whole different kettle of fish. So it's yeah. one thing if you've got your staff, your team members, your your co-workers and your boss. But if you've got clients that are now seeing this, that's the grey shade. That's so if different. you've got clients, you've got something to address now. So you need to really decide with your Facebook page, is this a professional page or is this a, so, a social page? And never the twain shall meet. Well, actually, it's interesting. I actually feel, and look, maybe people will feel differently but my perception of my Facebook page is that it is very much a working page for my businesses however I do share private things because I like the transparency of people seeing who I am after hours because I believe I'm but I'm not, but you're not 16 years old or 26 years old that's right absolutely mind you there's been some shocking photos tagged and I have quickly gone do not tag on this. Yeah. <laughs> I have said that. And remember, that, be vigilant. You can jump on, you can hide from timeline, and you can also get through your friends and you can actually, because there's more settings now available in Facebook, you can make people acquaintances and not friends, which totally obviously limits the amount they're able to see from yes. back and forth between the two yes. of you. Yes, absolutely. Okay, but let's say there is no client um, friends on this page. It literally is just there's new people that she's made friends with. She's got the boss and they've gone out to the after party. I don't think any apology is necessary at all, except maybe if you want to be a bit lighthearted, if you want to refer to it so it's not like the, um, uh, the monkey that's in the room that's not being spoken about, you could actually go up to the boss and just say, huge after party. I won't be doing that for another 12 months, but maybe next year you should join us. You know? Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful, because I'm sure that the boss lets off steam. We all do. We are free to be whoever we wish to be. What we get when somebody, when we trade our time for money working for somebody else, they get to control a certain part of my life during a certain period of time. They do not own me outright. Yeah. yeah. 
Jane, as somebody who has organised over 5,000 events in a lifetime. I know, it's a lot, isn't it? You know, there might be a lot of people listening who actually they are on their planning committee or they are the ones who have to figure out what to do with everyone for Christmas. Um, yep. So what would you recommend? And, and I guess what I'm asking is what kind of events have you seen time and time again just even know those? What ones always end in disaster? Anything that's got copious amounts of alcohol. Like unlimited bar access. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it's actually, again, that's a 1980s way of running a business. That's just completely irresponsible and not showing any care um, for the wellness of your, of your client, of your other clients. Because often Christmas parties will have clients Clients, as well. Um, So clients or staff and or staff members or team members or co-workers or business partners, etc. Um, so, yeah, look, I really seriously think alcohol is the worst offender. The next is not enough food. Now, the best events, if you are going to have a great big piss up because that's what the culture of the company is, and there's a lot of cultures, a lot of companies that that is the culture, you know, that the staff, they see that as as the boss's providing with what they want they want the kegs of beer they want the open bar you know have the hot dog stand at the end of the night you know have the pie floaters which you know we're from south australia which is pies and pea soup which are revolting with lots of tomato sauce but you know have the the greasy food at the end of the night which i know that's not healthy but it is responsible in the sense that get it into them help them to soak up the alcohol make sure you are providing transport you know if you're providing the alcohol Get them to and from home safely, okay? You're not their mothers. You're not their fathers. You're not their primary caregivers. You can't stop somebody from saying, no, I'm not going to get on that minibus that's dropping everyone home. I'm going into town to party on after. That's their decision. But show the responsible way. Um, I think that the best office parties are ones that have an activity that people that don't interact as well, you know, you've got – I was just going to generalize. I've got the most cutest, funkiest, fabulous computer guy, but I was going to go, you know, the computer nerd that just doesn't all fabulous intellect and not great socially. You want to make him feel comfortable because the social butterflies will have a good time anywhere. So you want to look after the people that are quieter or the people that are not used to socializing. So whether it's something like 10 pin bowling or whether it's something that you're going to go and learn to make sushi or some sort of activity that people can float in and out of it's like a leveler it evens it out so everybody gets an equal placing at this party yes i'd like to look at this you know sort of a spiritual point of view like what's a way that you could think outside the box and do something untraditional that people don't normally do like you know do you all go on a little boat cruise or do you all go hot air ballooning or do you all go on some sort of a a dress up mad hatters picnic where you have to bring certain dishes and certain hats or like things that are haven't an element to them of surprise, of costume, of difference, of a different location, something that you wouldn't expect for a Christmas okay. party to keep it interesting. They're fantastic if your service or your company is full of extroverted, outgoing people. You've got to look at your culture, all right, because there's going to be a lot of people that go, I can't be bothered dressing up, or I'd feel like an idiot dressing up, or okay. that get stressed. I don't want to be embarrassed. I want to do the right thing by my work colleagues, and I actually really have no idea how to conduct myself in this arena. Yeah. So. That's exciting if you're wanting to entertain your clients and your top sales team and PR team and, you know, yeah, that's perfect, fantastic, go hot air ballooning and have a ball. Um, but um, doing something that is really basic is not about providing a great fun environment for people. It's giving them permission to be able to participate mm. for those that wouldn't normally participate and relax and, and that's it absolutely yeah. absolutely and you know the extroverted party people they're all going to have the after party after that doesn't have those people at it yeah. so 
it's it's there's so much politics around a good office party. And there it really does, is. So much of it does come down to like we're saying social awareness, body language, knowing people well, think considering everyone's needs, yes. all of these elements. What about now I'm gonna to jump to another topic mm. now. So we're at the party. What happens with sexual rules? Now let's start with the sleazy mm-hmm. older man or woman mm-hmm. who might be cracking onto the younger guy or girl in the mm-hmm. office. Mm-hmm. What do we do? You might already be a bit inebriated. Um so if you're the new kid, you might not want to, you know, piss off the boss mm. if, if, it, if mm. it's the boss or something mm. like that. Look, I've had certainly a girlfriend in a law firm undergo a lot of sexual harassment in Melbourne and, um, you know, she had to deal with this kind of thing all the time. What do you recommend, Jane? Mm. Okay, so I've been on the receiving ends of stacks of that through that, particularly the 80s and 90s, stacks of sexual harassment. And it was, you actually had to put up with it now. Back then it back was. Back then, back then. So I actually haven't had loads of experience with this because I've been self-employed mm. or the boss. Um, so I'm going to say okay, so what am I going to say is well, that's the first thing is to actually get out of it. So as we talked before where before you have a conversation with somebody, plan your exit line, and I think in this one, you know, it's just I'm going to the toilet and spend ages in the toilet and then creep back into the room, but just try and try and – Hopefully it's a big enough party that he's not going to come and find you again and chase you all around the room. If he does, I think you actually feel really sick and you've got to leave. All right, yeah. You actually get out. Don't let it get to a point where I, you're compromising yourself. I think now, it's okay to say something, though. It is okay to say something, but it, you don't want to do it while he's pissed because he's not going to react appropriately. But I think it's perfectly fine in a very polite way just to say, um, you, you know, didn't really mean to brush up against my well, breast then, I hope. Not interested you or know? stop, touch, don't touch me, please, or just something like that. That's okay, you, yes. Now, you have to be careful. Even though we've got fabulous laws, you do have to be careful because you could lose your job over this. Now, not every, I know you and I would go, well, who cares? Go find something else. But most people are not blessed to no, be in that situation. That would be pretty shitty. So <laughs> I think you've got to be very, very careful. I actually think the best thing is to just get out of there and then it can either be ignored and you're aware of it at the next time that there's a social gathering and you're then ready to actually say something the second time, or does this now lead to him doing it in the workplace? And that's where you absolutely say something. Now, how do you do it? Well, I think you you, you can honour it by starting to speak your truth with kindness and just say, look, maybe I'm misreading things here, but it appears to me that maybe you're showing some interest towards me. I am flattered if that is the case. However, I do need to point out that I'm not interested. That's it. Just okay, call so Jane that's the and kind she'll thing. do it for you. That's the kind way of doing it. That's <laughs> the first one. You are brilliant at this stuff, Jane. Jane, oh, you. you're the queen of wording as well. You're so good at being able to, to you know, language oh, these kinds of thank awkward. You, darling. But, you know, it, it's not that I'm clever at it. It's that I've learned to just... What is it I really want to say and how can I say that kindly? So really it's actually as an empath. It's actually just getting straight into what is the other person's intent and how can I therefore acknowledge their intent with kindness without embarrassing them and speak my truth. Yeah. And that is the rule. That is the method. That simple is the method on absolutely everything. Now then you've got a million different scenarios. So he's now not listening. You've now got to be a bit more firmer and just say, look, really, I am absolutely not interested and I actually don't feel comfortable with this going on at the workplace. So that's the second conversation that's much firmer. Now, if he comes back a third time, off to HR yeah, or wherever. Now, you know, this is hard because somebody might be listening and there's only three people in the office or, you know, there's all, we can't go all through all the scenarios here. 
that what you do is you connect with, first off, what is their intent? How can I protect their ego? And then how can I speak my truth? Mm. So that's what you do. And throughout all of this, any process like that is is one of honouring your own boundaries and your own self-worth, you know? And this yes. this almost, this topic can bleed into other podcasts we've done about people pleasing, saying yes, wanting to be liked, feeling unsure, maybe not having enough self-confidence to be able to feel that you can speak up to somebody who's 35 years older than you and has worked all around the world and is really amazing and important and say, no, I have rights too. I mean, that can be a really scary thing for youngers and for older people. Which is why I think that if if intimidation is there, um, then the first point of call is actually if you don't have the skills to be able to stand up to somebody that is intimidating you, you actually just run away. Just, just go away because it, it is a, it's something we learn. We're not born with it. No, and it's so we have to learn it. And don't beat yourself up if you're not strong enough to be able to do that just not yet. not dissimilar to bullying, which the advice that's always given to people who are bullied is exit the situation. Give them nothing to work with. Yeah. And if you must stay there, give them a completely neutral reaction so they've got nothing to bounce off of. Because like the flasher with the coat in the park, they're looking for a hit. They're looking That's for right. some kind of reaction straight up. So if you give them nothing, you know, you're already ahead. They may go look for someone else to pick on or, you know. Um, all right. Now, here's another scenario, James. I <laughs> love your scenarios. You're <laughs> dropping them all on me today. So let's say <laughs> you've been at all year you've had your eye on so-and-so over in that little cubicle or yep. such and such, the boy who brings the cokes in on Friday mornings, or yep. like the ad, the coke boy. Um, and now it's office Christmas party night and they're all there and the alcohol's there and they look so different because they're wearing shorter skirts or different clothes. Do you go and hit on them? What are the rules? That's going to depend on each company because some companies will have policies. Do they? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. About hitting on each other. Actually, yeah, no, no, that there'll be no relationships, no relationships. within. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was a journalist. Oh, when I was working for, um, for tourism, yeah. partner tourism, we had that contract. So it didn't stop me from having a, a really hot affair for okay. about a year with one of the bosses. See, it doesn't stop anyone. And when I worked for News Limited, like large multinational media corporation, they had the same rule, no dating, except that half the staff was married to each other. Like there were couples everywhere in that building, the photographer and the journalist wife or whatever. I'm like, they must have started it somehow. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, so do you approach them? Do you, absolutely. Look, yes, definitely, you can. You just need to be respectful. So, so what's the role we're playing? I'm approaching somebody that I've got the hots for. Yeah. Okay, so I am actually going to go up and I'm going to say, looking rather fabulous this evening. So, are we in work mode or are we in private mode now? And I start. And if he says we're in work mode. I've just been shut down energetically. That's it. Done. Over. Not interested. If he says we're in private mode now, then I start flirting. That takes guts. Potential rejection there. But I guess if you've had three champagnes, (laughs) you can't approach. Well, you said, would you approach? So any time that you approach, you've got the fear Mm. of rejection. Yeah. But isn't it better to be rejected than embarrassed? Mm. You know, that you've actually gone and tried to lean all over him and press your boobs against him and pass him. Oh, no. In a drunken stupor and, and now you're feeling really embarrassed because he's actually pulled this horrible face and he's got his hands back and he's trying to push you off him. Yeah. That's much more embarrassing than, than having a moment of, it is. so are we in work mode or private mode? So if you've been loathing your job for ages, there's mm-hmm. been, it's been a hard year there's been heaps of shit in the office. There's been hard dynamics. Yep. There's people that you don't agree with. In fact, deep down, you're actually hoping to get fired. <laughs> Should you use the office Christmas party as a chance to just try and piss everyone off, to level scores, to get back, Never. to 
absolutely never because you will only ever feel no you will only ever feel good for a moment and then there's going to be a lot of embarrassment about the way that you've conducted yourself no you need to step up and be an adult and speak your truth and resign from a position that's not right for you don't self-sabotage it's going to look a lot better on a resume that says that you resigned from somewhere then you got fired for inappropriate behavior at the christmas party what about things like pranks as well like oh there's that guy that's always so stiff and upright over in the finance department let's use at the christmas party let's do such and such a prank on him i was the world's best pranker oh were you i have done some doozies i've done ones that have taken me months to orchestrate what? can you tell us what <laughs> oh i set up fake sales calls and had things videoed and had had guys getting excited in the sales team that they were getting multi-million dollar sales now is that not completely cruel or yes just- but i was getting them back because pe- people like to play pranks on me um because I think I, I actually can be the good brat of a joke. Like I kind of can really get into Life it and, off. and absolutely love it. And so I have fun playing one-upmanship. And this was a person we used to go to huge links. We just knew that there was going to be on for each other. But um, with all the radio work I used to do in the past was um, uh, with the um, prank calls that they used to do. These A lot of those used to come through my um, talent agency. We'd help create those. So they were a lot of fun. Oh, yes. But no, look, that was the immature me and I absolutely loved it. It was great fun. But I think you've got to be compassionate, get into that person's energy. You don't do it to shake them up. That's not your job. You do the practical joke on somebody that you know likes getting them. All right. So bottom line, we're going to say play smart, be safe, wear your professional hat to some extent, read the body language, take the cues, don't get so smashed that you can't take the cues, have exit routes if needed, and make sure you're going to get home okay. And grab the opportunity to have a whole lot of fun meeting as many people as possible. It's a great chance to network your life. Beautiful. Thank you for joining us this week on thewellnesscouch.com. Of course, our show is free every Wednesday. And if you want to continue the conversation on Facebook after the show, it's facebook.com forward slash love life show or one word. And until next week, party on. Have fun. Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It's just happening. And it's a beautiful day.